Class of 2023 chose Professor Irene Joe to be faculty speaker. You're really putting the pressure on her. She teaches criminal law, criminal procedure, professional responsibility, and jury selection. Her research focuses on how the design of the criminal process affects the ability of attorneys to manage overwhelming caseloads and comply with ethical requirements. Professor Joe's scholarship has appeared in leading law journals and she's co-editing a forthcoming book. Before joining the UC Davis School of Law faculty, Professor Joe served as a fellow for the Equal Justice Initiative of Alabama, where she represented indigent defendants in capital post-conviction litigation and children sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. She clerked for the Honorable Napoleon Jones of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of California. She also worked at the Orleans Public Defenders. And Professor Joe, I must say, is a very proud alum of the University of Texas Austin and Stanford Law School. Please welcome Professor Irene Joe. Good morning. It is such a great honor to be here today to celebrate King Hall's class of 2023. When I first learned that you all had picked me as the faculty speaker for this year, I was very hesitant to accept the invitation. I mean, what kinds of words of advice can one possibly give to the class that started their legal education during a once in a century pandemic? I mean, you've spent this entire period of legal education in the context of COVID-19, a time of unprecedented challenge and upheaval, courtrooms were shuttered, hearings were delayed, and the entire practice of law and the teaching of law had to suddenly adapt to a new Zoom and Google Meet reality. So providing advice for graduation in a five-minute speech to a group that somehow successfully managed all of that, when I don't think I could have done it during my time in law school, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but then I thought, <laughs> maybe, you know, I shouldn't use this speech to give advice. It could just be a time to celebrate y'all, to party with y'all, right? But then I thought again, I'm a lawyer, I'm a professor, and I'm from Texas, so I'm used to just telling people how to do things, right? And so how could I not take this opportunity to do just that? Um, so, you know, after having gone through my own schooling, and also having watched my siblings and parents graduate from their own educational programs and having been a law professor for over a decade now, I've seen my fair share of people walking across the graduation stage and starting their journey into a new profession, a new program, or a new life, right? Um, and at each of these moments, there are really three things that occupy my mind um, in between all the smiles, the hugs, the cheers, and sometimes tears of joy that I witness or feel or exhibit myself. Um, so three lessons I'd like to share with all of you. The first is the importance of having big dreams, right? By sitting here today, you are a dream fulfilled. Um, it might be your own dream. It might be the dreams of your parents, your siblings, your grandparents, your aunts or uncles. Um, it could be the dreams of your friends, 
right? It might be the dreams of your ancestors. It could be the type of dream that your ancestors couldn't have even thought of because it was just so outside the realm of possibility. I hope that you all really embrace this moment of having fulfilled that dream. And perhaps you did, right? Because you had deferred it in the past. Something had made you defer this dream, this opportunity. But this time you stayed the course. Despite all the societal structures out there that can often play a part in making a dream like this so difficult, you somehow achieved, despite all of those exceptional challenges. And to put it simply, that is just something we have to celebrate. The second lesson to remember, The second lesson to remember as you celebrate is that fulfilling this dream was a journey that you did not travel alone and that you shouldn't continue on alone, right? Fulfilling this dream was a process of growing and learning and becoming the person you were meant to be and believing that you can create the type of world that you want to live in. And it was your tribe, right? Your people who you hold close who helped you along the way. We all have different definitions of tribe. Um, we have different definitions of, of close, right? Your tribe might be your family. It might be your friends. It could be your teachers. It could be your employers. It could be your favorite barista at the coffee shop where you studied, right? Uh, it could be your therapist or your medical specialist. It could be the podcast that you listen to every day as you work out, just because you like the way the person talking thinks about issues. Whatever your tribe is, whatever team of people or voices that help you get through each day, make sure to keep them close as you continue on your path to being who you are meant to be and who you want to be. The third lesson is to always be grateful for being exactly who you are in this moment. Even as you work hard to fulfill your next dream, even as things move forward, always take the time to reflect and appreciate this moment, the ways in which this degree can help you stake a claim in this world or help others stake a claim in this world. As many of you know, my career has been dedicated to criminal law, both in terms of legal practice and now on the research, teaching, and service side of things. In my early practice years, I had the privilege of representing many clients whose words I hold dear. Uh, but there's one client conversation in particular that feels particularly poignant at moments like this. My client was on death row in the South, and he had been sentenced to death just a few weeks after his 18th birthday. And his entire life had been marked by poverty, violence, and a lack of opportunity. I always appreciated meeting him, learning about him, and helping him navigate some small part of his death sentence. After a while, my time working at the nonprofit with him was coming to a close, and I was moving back to California. In our final conversation, during the midst of the goodbyes, he shared with me that as sad as he was that I was moving and would no longer be representing him, he was so happy I was going to California. See, he'd always wanted to visit California. The images of the sunshine and the surfers just symbolized for him the type of joy for living that he found challenging to maintain growing up during his volatile home environment, and of course, particularly during his time currently on the prison's death row. 
you know, I had to let him know that there was very little chance that I'd be surfing, but that I would, of course, go to the beach at some point. And he said, you know, that is good enough. He said he'd always wanted to go to a beach. He'd never been to one, but that he wanted to go so he could feel what it felt like to hold sand. He'd never touched beach sand in his life, and he had all kinds of ideas about what it must feel like. He said, maybe it feels like oatmeal, or, or maybe it feels like rice, or maybe it feels just like dirt on a playground, and it's nothing special. But the idea about what it might feel like was just something that really excited him. So he then made a request of me that touched me deeply. He asked me to promise him that when I moved back to California, I would go to the beach and just hold a fistful of sand and think of him. He said that just the idea that somebody he knew, somebody who cared for him, could have the opportunity to go to a beach and hold sand and would actually think of him while doing that was very special to him. That would make him feel like he was important and that he had value because he never would have thought he could be the type of person who would know somebody who could go to a beach and who would know somebody that would go to a beach and then bring him along with them symbolically while they stood there holding sand. That request continues to weigh heavily on me. Every time I go to a beach, I hold a bit of sand and I think of him. It reminds me that sometimes even just the small action of thinking of somebody who may have spent their lives being treated like they weren't important enough to think about can really mean something. That just knowing or truly trying to see who somebody is can be a source of light for people in difficult circumstances. The truth is that as lawyers, your entire job is about helping people in tough places. You know, maybe it's as a prosecutor trying to make a victim feel seen and heard. Maybe it's as a corporate lawyer trying to figure out how to make a deal work, right, that has a large impact on employees or a local economy. Maybe it's as a civil rights attorney trying to advance a cause you feel passionate about. Maybe it's as the law school graduate who decides they want to use their law degree to become an educator or open a nonprofit. And maybe it's as a defense attorney representing somebody on death row who just wants to feel like they matter to somebody outside the prison walls. You get to be in the business of making people feel valuable and important, confirming to them that yes, they matter. What they feel matters, what they want for their life matters, and who they are and who they want to be matters. You get to do that. It's why I think being a lawyer and being one at specifically this point in time is the most important job out there. I'm excited to see the ways that you help make this world even just a little bit better. I'm excited to see how your tribe helps you move forward on that path. And I'm excited to see what your dream of doing that looks like. Thank you for letting me and the rest of the faculty and staff at King Hall be a part of your journey. And congratulations again to each and every one of you.